Treks and Sci-Fi Podcast number 668 for January 28th, 2018. This is Jeff, Jedi Jeff, and this week I will be guest hosting the Treks and Sci-Fi podcast. I'd like to thank Rico for giving me uh, another opportunity to um, uh, guest host a podcast. Uh, greatly appreciated. First, I would kind of like to also issue an apology to Rico and um, everyone else. Um, originally, this podcast was to be a uh, podcast um, talking about uh, ships from The Last Jedi, but... Uh, Unfortunately, um, I didn't get a chance to get around to get, um, get everything scheduled with some of the other, um, members of the, uh, Trex and Sci-Fi community to, uh, get that set up. Um, so that podcast will come. It just will, I guess, just come uh, a little bit down the road, uh, cause I'll have to, um, work on scheduling with, with, um, some of the other, uh, um, members who are going to uh, join the podcast. So apologies to everyone who were, was uh, expecting a, a podcast regarding the, those ships. That'll come. Um, like I said, I just got to work on the scheduling there. Um, so this week, I'm going to talk about a couple uh, different topics. Uh, this won't be too long of a podcast, but um, a couple um, topics that I thought I might want to uh, touch on. Um, first, I'm going to talk about a recent trailer that uh, just came out for a movie that I'm um, somewhat anticipating based off of um, how much I enjoyed the first movie. So I'm going to play the trailer, then I'm going to come back and kind of give um, some of my uh, thoughts on that. Jake. Your father always said he wanted you to be a pilot. He said a lot of things. I'm not a hero like he was. The kaiju. They're gonna come back. I'm not gonna be stuck waiting for someone else to come save my ass. Cadets, you better gear up. they get into our world someone let them in someone from our world who is that definitely not one of ours let's do this this is your chance to make things right we're gonna need more violence we have them There are pilots we remember as legends, but they didn't start out that way. They started out like us. This is our time to make a difference. Do you 
understand? Jaeger pilots, do you understand? One way to find out. That's what I'm talking about! So that was the trailer for the uh, new uh, Pacific Rim movie that's coming out in March, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. I must admit the uh, first Pacific Rim movie uh, that came out a few years back, I believe in uh, 2013, I believe, that was one of um, kind of my guilty pleasure type movies. I really enjoyed that one. I always liked the uh, whole concept of kind of the keiju or the Godzilla type kind of uh, creatures and then you had these big Jaegers, these these giant kind of robots, which were kind of controlled by um, a couple of humans in them, like and kind of very specialized in um, human pilots. Um, not everyone could um, could uh, kind of uh, control these Jaegers, and I like this whole idea that you needed two of them, and they need to go into this kind of this state called the flow, and then just. Just watching them on on screen and all all that, you know, kind of working in um, synchronous synchronous, you know, just both together. I always thought that was really uh, kind of a really cool and kind of uh, interesting concept. So I always enjoyed that movie. And then I heard they were coming out with the second one, and I was really looking forward to it. And I'm still somewhat looking forward to it. Um, like I say, watching the trailer um, seems like a lot of the cast, which was in the first one. Um, um, isn't really coming back. I know a lot of a lot of the main characters, uh, you know, didn't make it through the first one. Like Ibris Elda's character, uh, he didn't make it through. And um, but I was kind of really hoping that the, the kind of the the guy who had done the lead role for the the previous one, I was kind of hoping he might be in the second one, but uh, he's not. And they have a few of the characters, like the the female lead um, from from the first movie. She's back. Uh, but it looks like maybe her role is much more, um, much more limited. And it looks like um, Clint Eastwood's son, Scott East, Eastwood, I believe. He looks like he might be one of the, the main characters. And then John Boyega from the uh, from the, the new Star Wars movies, uh, who plays Finn, he is also in the movie as well too. And it's kind of interesting to see him act um, with his kind of his natural um, British accent. Um, so, so I'm kind of uh, interested to see him acting in, in something different than Finn because I haven't seen him in anything else beyond just the um, the Star Wars movies. But that said, um, like say the trailer, it looks uh, maybe this is a weird thing for me to say, but um, I just find that the way the the Jaegers are kind of moving around um, just feels maybe too much kind of in the vein of like uh, Transformers type kind of uh, movie or something like that. Um, there's just, I, I can't almost, I can't really put my finger on it, but there's just something about when I watched this trailer, just that it just felt like this movie, like this is just, I'm not going to have the same kind of um, feelings that I had about the first one that it will have for this one. Um, 
I guess maybe as well too. It's it's probably um, it's probably aimed at a, a different demographic than than mine. So, um, like say, just has this real kind of Transformers or maybe um, Power Rangers kind of feel to it. And like say, so I I don't know. Just just something when watching like say some of the the battle sequences and a lot of those were all very urban as well too in these big giant cityscapes, which is cool. And I guess it maybe. It was Pacific Rim, so I, I'm assuming a lot of it's going to happen, you know, like probably in kind of on Asian content, content, continents. I can't speak today, but uh, sorry about that. Uh, but I, I'm feeling that uh, it's probably um, a lot of it's going to um, appeal to like uh, the Asian market. Um, so yeah, it looks like say the special effects, they, they look good. I guess as well too, like the first, um, um, movie was kind of written and directed by uh, Guillermo del Toro whereas this one looks like it's it's done by some other other people so you know like say not, not to slight anyone's um, you know um, skills or whatever but from a director standpoint uh, it feels like maybe it's kind of been uh, you know a step down um, from from what they had before so like say we'll see um, like say I was uh, it's a movie I'm still looking forward to seeing. It's it's coming out in in March, and um, like I say, um, I'm hoping I I'm hoping I enjoy it. It looks like uh, looks like there may be some intrigue as well too. They kind of indicated in that trailer that uh, you know they kind of um, you know in the previous movie they had kind of um, they kind of stopped the um, being you know kind of the invasion of the Kajus. They were able to go down and and kind of uh, seal off that rift. Um, and it looks like, uh, you know, someone's opened that up and it looks like someone, you know, some sort of, uh, renegade, uh, Jaeger. So, you know, someone, um, someone out and, uh, I guess, uh, humans have, uh, have decided, uh, you know, to open that, that up again or, or to bring these, these Jaegers back. So I guess, or not Jaegers, but the, uh, Keiju back. So it'll be interesting to kind of hear a little bit about the, um, you know, like why that is. So that might add some interest and intrigue into this story, but I'm getting as well to the feeling that, uh, a lot of this movie will be like a lot like those Transformers movies where you're going to get, uh, kind of endless scenes of, uh, of just straight up like, uh, action sequences. So I'm, I'm hoping it's not a lot of, um, you know, and the trailer kind of indicated, you know, like maybe it was just that one rogue, uh, Jaeger maybe. So I'm hoping it's not like, a a whole like uh, army of these rogue Jaegers because it might get really confusing in some of these battle sequences to be able to kind of determine um, which are the uh, good Jaegers and which are not kind of like some of those Transformers movies when they're fighting the uh, Decepticons you kind of lose track of uh, who the good guy was and who the bad guy was so those are uh, a few of my thoughts on the um, on the new uh, Pacific Rim Uprising movie that's uh, coming out on to my next topic. Uh, my next topic, I was thinking about what would I kind of like to cover, and I thought, um, like, I'd seen The um, Last Jedi. I've seen it a few times, and uh, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of uh, what happened in that movie, and I thought I would touch on one character, kind of a memorial for one character that uh, maybe gets a little overlooked, and I thought I would you know, spend a couple minutes and talk about a an original trilogy character that uh, as well did not make it through 
The Last Jedi. So I guess, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen The Last Jedi, there will be a spoiler here. And I'm going to talk about the unfortunate death of everyone's favorite, Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar, please. You can see here the Death Star orbiting the forest moon of Endor. Although the weapon systems on this Death Star are not yet operational, the Death Star does have a strong defense mechanism. It is protected by an energy shield, which is generated from the nearby forest moon of Endor. The shield must be deactivated if any attack is to be attempted. Once the shield is down, our cruisers will create a perimeter while the fighters fly into the superstructure and attempt to knock out the main reactor. General Calrissian has volunteered to lead the fighter attack. Good luck. You're gonna need it. General Nadine. Oh crap! Prepare to jump into hyperspace on my mark! Take a base of action! Green group, step across the holding sector and each other! Admiral, we have enemy ships in sector 27! It's a trap! On one, this is no leader. It's all right. All crap, prepare to retreat! You won't get another chance at this, Admiral. We have no choice, General Calrissian. Our cruisers can't repel firepower of that magnitude! At that close range, we won't last long against those Star Destroyers. The shield is down. Commence attack on the Death Star's main reactor. We've got to give those fighters more time. Concentrate all fire on that Super Star Destroyer. Move the fleet away from the Death Star. And this is Starkiller Base. So, it's big. How is it possible to power a weapon of that size? Our system is the next target. There is one. Precinct 47. They have defensive shields that our ships cannot penetrate. The oscillator has been damaged, but is still functional. May the Force be with us. I must admit, uh, like, say, when I saw the movie, and then, um, I always enjoyed, like, Admiral Akbar. um, like, say, I enjoyed, like, say, in Return of the Jedi, I think he had some of the, the best scenes, like, and, uh, just, just, I don't know, just something about that character, like, uh, I think was really well done, and, um, like I say, just, I don't know, like, say, he's kind of a crazy, fish-looking type kind of character, but just... Then he comes off with this kind of like this British type accent and all that kind of stuff. And just the whole visuals and everything about it was great. And just even the concept back in the, you know, like when Return of the Jedi came out that, um, you know, this, this really crazy weird looking alien could be like, you know, a high up uh, military leader in the, uh, Rebel Alliance. I just thought, you know, that was really kind of, uh, um, you know, very, cool unique and then when they you know they came back with the uh, force awakens and he had a few small cameo roles and in there he was on the uh in the resistance base in dakar you know it's like oh it's cool like uh you know that uh, admiral akbar he's he's back and uh 
you know, he's fighting the fight for good and all that. And then get to the uh, Last Jedi, and uh, there's Admiral Akbar again. And then there's not Admiral Akbar when uh, when the uh, you know the bridge gets kind of uh, um, taken out, and uh, all the command crew um, gets taken out, and that kind of um, I guess that kind of sets up the storyline of uh, you know I think it's Vice Admiral Holdel, I believe. Uh, you know, she takes over, uh, takes over command of the the resistance fleet, and then that kind of sets up the whole uh, storyline uh, between her and Poe, and uh, you know, like, um, you know, who, you know, what they're going to do, and you know, Poe isn't really getting a good feeling of, you know, her leadership and where she's taking everything, and she's been she's pretty secretive and. Uh, like I say, so that's a common uh, plot point throughout that uh, whole uh, Last Jedi movie. But anyways, back to like um, Admiral Akbar. I just thought maybe I'll touch a bit on Admiral Admiral Akbar, and we'll we'll just kind of I'll just run down a bit Admiral Akbar's uh, history, um, just uh, you know to uh, pay a touching tribute to a classic uh, original trilogy character that uh, that we lost unfortunately. So to start off with Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar, his name is Jail Akbar, and he's a veteran male Mon Calamari soldier. He was uh, he fought in um, multiple kind of like uh, wars because he's he's fought in the Clone Wars. That's um, we first saw him in the Clone Wars, and he fought. Um, we first saw him in there was um, in the Clone Wars cartoons. There was um, a whole episode arc. About uh, a young um, leader of the uh, Mon Cal's, uh, uh, I think it's Prince uh, Lee Char, I believe. Yeah, Prince Lee Char was the uh, was uh, was to take uh, over, um, you know, kind of uh, ruler of the Mon Cal Mari, and um, he's just a he was just a young uh, Mon Cal Mari, and then they were having um, so the Mon Cal Mari they were um, kind of backed by the um, you know, the, uh, Republic, whereas, um, Mon Calamari also, um, has the core and are also on that, on that, uh, world as well, too, and, um, they're kind of, um, I don't know, they're, there's a feud between the Mon Calamaris and the Quarrens, and the Quarrens had, uh, Separatists backing from, like, uh, you know, the Count Dooku and the, uh, Separatist, Separatist, um, um, Separatist groups there, and anyway, so this led to this whole kind of um, this battle to uh, gain control, and then uh, it's just the, one of the most ridiculous uh, characters I've seen in the uh, Clone Wars was um, was this uh, kind of the shark uh, type uh, looking creature named uh, Rift Campson. Is this like kind of this talking shark? Which I guess maybe it's not that ridiculous, given that you know, like Jamon Calamari looked like like fish, I guess, and they're talking. So, so I guess in context, uh, I guess maybe it's not that, uh, that ridiculous, but anyways, uh, anyways, so this got this, uh, Riff Tamsin was kind of, um, he's, uh, you know, threatening, uh, well, I guess he, I believe he captured, uh, it's been a while since I've seen that episode, but I believe he captured, uh, you know, Prince Lee Char and, and, uh, like say it was, uh, like say, like say they're, they're getting pretty strong to, uh, gain control of the, um, uh, of the um, Mon Calamari planet and and the rulership of you know of that planet could have been lost to the uh, to the uh, separatists 
anyways, um, so anyways, uh, Admiral Akbar, um, he, uh, he played a role in that too, because Admiral Akbar is, uh, what was he? He started off as a captain in what they call the Mon Calamari Guard, which is basically, it's this kind of, this kind of royal guard, and their duty is to protect the ruler of the Mon Calamaris, which, um, was, uh, in this case, uh, Prince Lee Char. So after, um, after they had kind of, um, you know, liber liberated, I'm not sure it liberates a proper term, but, um, after they had, um, you know, secured, you know, the, uh, you know, the, you know, the monarchy of, of Prince Lee Char, um, you know, Admiral Akbar kind of served as, you know, you know, served, uh, in, in the Confederacy, or he served as a really lost for words here, but he, he served, you know, I guess he served Moncal in, in a very high military role. And then, um, along came the, you know, you know, then the next war he worked, he was involved in was the, you know, the Galactic Civil War, the, the war of the, um, the Empire enslaving all these, um, different, um, different planets and of course Mon Calamari was one of those under kind of empire rule and then um, um, Admiral Akbar was uh, you know he joined uh, the and the Mon Calamari's joined up uh, with the alliance or the um, rebel alliance fleet and they brought a lot of their um, their uh, you know their ships and all that they had big giant these big giant Mon Calamari star cruisers which I think uh, most people probably listen to this podcast are quite familiar with their big kind of roundish kind of uh big star cruisers it was very roundish they look like something which would have come from uh from a water type world anyway so he was the uh he was the the leader kind of of the the military again so he grew he went to um you know quite high in the, the rebel alliance and he then we we caught up with him um when he was commanding the home one at the uh, Battle of Endor, and then that's where we all saw some of his most famous uh, his most famous line, where he they they went to attack the Empire um, at the Battle of Endor um, to take out the second Death Star, and um, he realized it was a trap. Anyway, so so then we um you know he was a high-ranking official or a high-ranking military leader. So after after the um. After the destruction of the of the second Death Star and kind of um, the uh, then they had to kind of um, what's a good word they you know like say it's been kind of established in this new kind of Star Wars EU that um, like say even though the Empire is defeated um, in Return of the Jedi it still took it still took some time to um, to kind of uh, wipe out uh, wipe out their uh, footprint or whatever. In, in the galaxy. So after, after he completed that, that took a few years. Then he kind of, um, kind of served in, um, what they considered kind of a bit of the, kind of the Cold War. So that was kind of the time between the, um, um, between when the Empire kind of disappeared and, um, up until just kind of before the resistance, um, kind of took place, kind of, the whole time when the you know kind of the first order was kind of coming to be so they weren't maybe a, a major threat at that time but there was somewhat of a threat and so um 
Admiral Akbar, um, kind of, um, he, he was, he was part of that. And then he, um, there was a, a great battle, um, at Jakku, like say, where we saw all the, in the Force Awakens, we saw all the downed, um, ships and all that. And Admiral Akbar, after that battle, um, which, um, there was, um, that was where they kind of ex- extinguished the, uh, the Empire in the Battle of Jakku. Um, he went on and he retired. And then he, he went into retirement, but then again, um, Princess Leia and again, this whole cold, cold war thing, um, kind of built over uh, a great number of years. And then basically Admiral Akbar got called back into, uh, back into action, I guess, or, or enlisted back into, into service when, um, Princess Leia, um, you know, built up, you know, this new resistance after, um, you know, because she was concerned about this this threat from from the First Order, and that the this, the the New Republic was was not really going to um, do anything about that. They're more interested in you know trying to kind of keep the peace. And then it was also they were very split as well too. Um, you know, there was a part of the New Republic which is very um, protectionist, and then there was part of um, the New Republic which was more open. And it didn't seem to that they could come to kind of a consensus, and like say, so it seemed like that, um, like they would just let this this um, this threat from the uh, from the first order. Uh, they were just going to let that happen. They weren't really going to respond to that. And um, Princess Leia formed the resistance, which Admiral Akbar then came back, and he. Um, back into the fight, and then, like I say, he began, came back, and he was, an, um, a, again, a high-ranking uh, official in the uh, in the, the, the new resistance. And then we catch up again with him in The Force Awakens, and he's one of the uh, uh, military or tactical leaders that we see on the uh, Dakar base that uh, Princess Leia is uh, kind of stationed out of. And then... He uh, helps uh, evacuate. Uh, they evacuate from uh, from Dakar um, shortly after the events of the, uh, the Force Awakens, and then when um, when they uh, jump from hype, he's the one who kind of gave the command to jump to hyperspace, which then the First Order um, kind of tracked that. And then um, when they uh, when they got tracked, and the First Order showed up after. Um, that whole uh, battle and escape uh, from Dakar, uh, unfortunately, that's when um, Admiral Akbar came to net, and uh, they took out the uh, they took out the uh, command bridge and all the command staff. And Princess Leia, with her Jedi powers, was able to uh, was able to uh, uh, kind of guide herself back to the. Uh, back to the ship, but unfortunately all other members on the bridge uh, perished, which included Admiral Akbar. So, a moment of silence for Admiral Akbar. I will miss you, Admiral Akbar. You went far too soon. I hope, uh, hope in the Mon Cal Afterlife that uh, you are regarded with uh, great uh, 
reverence you do you deserve. Okay, that sounded a little too much, but uh, anyways, uh, you know, it was sad to see uh, see that character go. Um, there's one I don't want to criticize uh, the Last Jedi because uh, overall I really enjoyed that movie, but um, everyone kind of everyone kind of um, hung on to that whole thought in the uh, the Force Awakens. There was that whole scene right at the end of the movie when uh, when uh, Leia and Rey hugged after uh, they returned and uh, Han had uh, had died at the uh, hands of uh, hands of uh, Kylo Ren, and they were said like, "Oh, why why did Chewie and uh, Leia not hug?" Um, and then they Say, so, oh, it's kind of like a missed opportunity. And, uh, to me, I kind of feel that, you know, if you're, if Admiral Akbar was going out, um, if he's going out, you know, I wish they would have given his, um, maybe his death a little more meaning than just being one of the people on the bridge. And I've seen a few people mention that maybe he should have been the person to, you know, jump that um, the Radis, which is named after the um, Admiral Radis from uh, Rogue One, he should have taken. He should have been the one who jumped the the Radis ship um, to um, help uh, protect the remaining um, uh, fleet, which was uh, fleeing to uh, to Crate at the time. And yeah, I get you know I get the probably there's probably certain reasons why they chose Holdo. Um, you know, to, to do that, um, you know, maybe it, you know, maybe it has a, a bigger statement, uh, for that movie, I guess, uh, for, for her character to do it, but a lot of me feels like, um, and maybe this is just fan service, and maybe this is more just me being a, a lifetime kind of a Star Wars fan here, but, um, I feel I would have really, I felt that scene should have been given to Admiral Akbar, like, let him go out eh, heroically, or at least be part of that. And I know he died early in the movie, and then I know people could question, like, you know, he's such a high-ranking official that, you know, he would have been the one who would have uh, taken over, you know, command of the of the fleet after Leia had, uh, you know, had, you know, was uh, in a coma or whatever. But I feel you could have, I, I felt you could probably work the story. Maybe you could have had that he also got, uh, maybe Leia could have uh, potentially uh, as well, maybe thrown him to freedom or pushed him to freedom as well too. And then maybe he could have been in, uh, you know, medically unavailable as well too, to, uh, to um, as, you know, to be there and again have Admiral Holdo, you know, have to, to lead the fleet, or maybe he could have been down in the the hangar, which, and you know, maybe he could have gotten injured there, and then maybe by the time that we got to this point in the movie, maybe he had recovered enough, and maybe he, as well, said, you know, could have stayed and, and helped uh, jump the ship, but um, obviously, you know, I'm not a movie maker, I'm just a fan, so I'm sure, you know, there are countless reasons on why they, they went that way and maybe it wouldn't have felt uh, maybe just trying to work him in that way maybe wasn't really feasible or anything like that but uh, and I guess maybe they needed him out of the way again so that Admiral Holdo could have that moment and she could be the one to lead the ship because I guess as well too probably weren't going to give that big giant type role to Admiral Akbar. And I believe as well to the actor who had 
voiced Admiral Akbar had passed away um, earlier in the year, so maybe his scenes, you know, you know, they didn't, they didn't want to give, uh, you know, a different actor a lot of dialogue. And then as well, too, you don't want, you know, a character like Admiral Akbar being at odds with, uh, like, Poe Dameron. But I still feel that, I still feel they could have, they could have worked something out to, you know, maybe give uh, Admiral Akbar a more fitting death. But I digress, and um, just those are kind of my thoughts, and a salute to Jill or Gil Akbar, great, uh, great rebellion leader, you'll be missed. Again, maybe over the top here, but anyways. Seven Zark Seven, calling G-Force. Red alert. Two astronauts have disappeared. I copy, Zark. What's up? There's no time to explain right now, Mark. You're needed in command on the Phoenix at once. Is G-Force already in flight? Yes. Use your Televox finder. I'll get you there fast. Big Ten. going to kind of end off this podcast now um, and I'm just going to talk about a few collectibles that I recently um, acquired um, like say I, I got these collectibles and um, I got the collectibles and they're from uh, from a TV show that I watched when I was a little kid and um, you know a few years back um, you know um, I guess I should say the TV show. I, this TV show when I grew up was called uh, Battle of the Planets, and it was a cartoon series about um, was it? Uh, it was a cartoon series about five kind of um, it's a five five person team, and they kind of uh, protected Earth from from this um, this uh, evil kind of alien force called Spectra, I believe, um, led by a um, character called Zoltar, and um, you know, each week they would, uh, or each episode, I guess, they would, uh, they would go off and they'd usually be fighting some big giant monster or something like that that was, um, was, uh, thrown against them. And just to show that I really have a really strong, like, um, memories to, like, I hold it pretty close to my heart, like I would hold, um, Star Wars or Star Trek. And this was something that was, um, really part of my childhood and um, I just remember every day I would come home and I'd watch uh, watch the, the shows and uh, on, on TV and it was usually after school and uh, come home kind of I think come home and then watch kind of like 
battle the planets and then do some homework, eat supper, and then, you know, typical type things. So I have a, I have a very good, uh, fond memory of, of that show. So anyways, um, a few years back I got, like, um, they all had, all the characters all had special vehicles, um, for each other's, each other, and uh, a few years back I'd gotten a few ships, like I'd gotten uh, the Phoenix, which was, uh, Mark ship, uh, or not Mark ship, but Tiny flew the ship. Tiny was kind of a, kind of an owl-looking type, kind of uh, larger character, and then um, he, that was kind of the main ship that they used to uh, kind of travel around and battle um, a lot of these um, these uh, people attacking the Earth and all that, and help protect. And then uh, that was commanded by uh, Mark, who had his own. Um, he had a jet plane, which he would dock in the back. And so I had those models for a few years, and then I always had kind of my eye on a few other ones, and they had released them, but these come from like Japan, and uh, they're very um, rare. And um, so as I'd kind of been monitoring for the last um, three or four months um, some of the Japanese collectible sites, and I noticed that they had up for um, kind of a pre-order was um, the ships that uh, Jason, um, um, Princess, and Keop had and then they also had um mark's um mark's plane and then the the g5 uh, phoenix as well but i already had those but i didn't have the you know jason's car uh princess's uh motor bike and then Keops kind of a little buggy so and and they had released them years ago but on the secondary market they're very very expensive so anyways this was kind of really my opportunity to kind of complete that set of these um they're just these, these little die-cast kind type vehicles, and they're not that big. Um, like, say, they're probably, like, uh, like four or five inches in uh, length, probably. Um, so they're smaller type vehicles. And so, anyways, I, uh, I decided to, uh, like, say, pre-order these. And even though, like I say, you know, like, they're very expensive, like the, the original ones, even these, these uh, ones I just got, well, very expensive, eh? So, so like, say, uh, you know, it was like, yeah, but it was, uh, it's never going to probably ever see them again. So I thought, well, you know, got to do it. Uh, you know, chances of me getting these again, uh, be very slim. So anyways, I'm just going to, um, talk a little bit about them. So what I'd gotten and I'll, I'll post some links on my Instagram page. Um, um, so you can see them and, um, like I say in the show notes, I, I believe my Instagram page is, uh, Jedi Jeff. EDM, I believe, but uh, I'll confirm that, and um, I'll confirm that for the uh, show show notes. But uh, anyways, I'll post them on my uh, Instagram page if anyone's interested in seeing them. But uh, anyways, these diecast vehicles. So I'll first start off with um, uh, Jason's uh, Jason's car. Jason was um, he was uh, one of the members of the team, and he had this this kind of uh, blue and kind of uh, metallic type kind of blue type race car that he kind of um, drove and so it was kind of a, a real speed racer type looking type kind of vehicle because Battle of the Planets was kind of um, it was based off an anime show from Japan called Gachamon so it's got that real animized anime style to it so his car is it's kind of this real kind of cool like speed racer kind of uh, close close type kind of cockpit type kind of mashup of like kind of a f1 type kind of car as well too and it's a really kind of cool and interesting looking car it's got like um kind of like a 
a wing, kind of like a wing that you see on a Formula One um, car, like on the front, and it's got kind of these little side pods on the side, and it's got big kind of wide tires you'd see on a F1 car and all that kind of stuff, and then it's also got like all these scoops and all that, and pipes kind of coming out, and it's kind of a, it's a really interesting car, and um, like I say, it's, and these are all very well done as well too, because they're done by um, like some... Uh, I think it's a company called Future or something like that, and um, they're all very highly detailed and, and a lot of thought put into them. Though my, maybe, of all the new vehicles I got, my biggest complaint about this car, which kind of bothers me a lot, is the scale on it. It's just very small. It's actually smaller than Princess's motorcycle, and it's just like, uh, I don't know, it could have been, um, they should have made it twice the size, honestly. Like I said, I don't know why they made it so small. Um, it just, it almost really doesn't fit with the rest of the, the vehicles because it's so small. So I'd say that's kind of my complaint. But overall, like just on its own, it's a cool looking car. But once you put it with the others, yeah, like I say, the scale is just all wrong. The next one I'm going to talk about is Princess. And uh, Princess is, um, she was the uh, female member of the uh, G4 squad. And she had this kind of this motorcycle, which very, again, very um, stylized looking motorcycle. It was yellow with these kind of red stripes on them. And then um, it's all very like, it looks like, like all around, almost like a missile or something like that. Very, very, uh, you know, stylized um, missile-like. And then a couple kind of like rocket type kind of uh, engines on the, the back. And the, the wheels for the bike are almost kind of, kind of enclosed within this, this missile type kind of body. So like say, um, looks like, uh, looks very fast. Like say when she, she, uh, rides it, just the way it looks, it looks like it's a very fast ship or bike, I should say. And, uh, I really like it as well too. Again, it's got that whole kind of Japanese anime style to it. So really cool looking, um, type bike. And then, and like say, it's a bit bigger than Jason's car. Um, so, like I say, it's a smaller size uh, vehicle, so, you know what, like, I'm, I'm okay with it from a scale-wise, because it kind of fits with the other things. And that said, like, Mark's plane and, or jet and the, and the um, Phoenix, they're much larger ships, but, you know, they're not a lot larger than these ones, but that's understandable, because if they're much larger, they'd just be very expensive. Um, so, they're a good representation of of that so like i'm okay that you know yeah not all these things are going to match up in scale it's just jason's i just felt you know too small and then the next one i'm going to go on to is the g4 um it's this kind of weird orange type buggy that the um, character Keop, which is kind of this younger younger kid um he drove and it was this kind of i'm not even sure it's kind of a tank looking type kind of vehicle with this kind of it's a I don't know, it's got this kind of mouse-looking type. It looks like kind of almost like some kind of like Pokemon character or something like that in a sense. Like uh, it's, but it's this kind of vehicle with like, and it's just this buggy type kind of weird mashup of a of a tank because it's got kind of tank treads on it, and it's quite big. It's like probably three times the size of like. Um, of like Jason's car, so that's where kind of mostly where my complaint comes is because they went and they like they really made like a very good representation of Keops kind of uh, his kind of weird buggy type kind of 
vehicle, and then Jason's is so small. And I thought they could have made Jason's um, car more in the scale of this this uh, vehicle that uh, Kiop has. And uh, it's really cool. It's got like an opening, like say the kind of gets in from the front. It's like almost like this mouth, and it kind of drops down, and then. You got all these kind of these attachments to it that uh, like a drill or or some sort of like um, uh, kind of mechanical hand or something like that. So it's it's really a, a cool ship and that or vehicle and it's got kind of some rockets um, and it's got this fin with some rockets on it and it's just really really just a really cool ship or vehicle and like say of of all the new ships that I got this one is like definitely my favorite. Like I just. Even when I was a kid, and I watched the show, I was always, oh, I really like that, hey. So anyways, uh, I'd say that was, you know, just a really cool ship. And then I got one other ship, and it wasn't really part of the um, G-Force team ship, but um, I got it because uh, I always remembered in a few of the episodes, they had this, um, this squad of uh, fighters, and this one was called, they had these just, like, these really rich, you know, you know, red ships, eh? Like, I wouldn't say bright red, but a very nice deep red ships with these nice lightning, kind of white lightning bolt um, on the side. And I was just really, like, just taken, like, with those ships. There's, and it was called the Red Impulse. And then there was, like, all of this, this, this group of, um, there was this uh, pilot, and he had, like, this, uh, he was a, wore a red suit, and, like, say, there was all this talk, at least in Battle of the Planets, I'm not sure where it was Gachiman, that maybe he was related to Mark somehow, or something like that. Uh, like I said, I don't think in Gachiman there wasn't any relationship there, I don't believe, but um, like I say, just uh, his, his, this character is so mysterious, but his ship was just so, like, it's this jet plane with the, just this wonderful red on it, and then like the, has this, like this fin, like on the back of the ship, which is kind of like, Oh, it's, got, it's kind of almost like a you know a knife or something like that. And just the just the the wings and all that. Just um, like I'm not even doing it justice talking about it. But uh, like I said, I'll have to post the the pictures on it. But anyways, like I say, just just I saw it and I was like, I was on the fence. Like, should I get this? Should I not? You know, like these ships are kind of expensive. You know, because I wanted to get the other three because I I wanted them to go with the um with with Mark's uh Mark's jet and then uh G five. So I wanted to get those but uh like say I was on the fence about this one but I said, Oh it's just such I really love this ship, this red impulse. So I just had to get it, so I picked it up. And uh like say I'm happy for it. Happy I did. So anyways like say this is kind of my review of these uh these ships. They're I got them from a um Japanese um supplier called Amy Amy. And uh, they're also on like uh, Hobby Link Japan as well too, and they're from a company called uh, uh, Future, I believe. And I think they're uh, possibly Ban, possibly might be some company based off Bandai. Um, possibly, I, I I can't really recall. Maybe I'll I'm, I'll pause the recording here and just go and check what the box will say. So I have one of the boxes here and. Uh, it is, uh, like I say, it's from a company called Future Models. Unfortunately, most of it's in Japanese, so I can't read it. Um, Future Future Models is presented by Artstorm Company. So I guess it's a company called Artstorm. And so, 
again, it, it's only in Japan, so these things are very expensive um, to get. Like, say, like when I did the conversion after, it was just like, oh my goodness. And then just even the duty taxes I had to pay on on it was uh, pretty high as well. But um, anyways, say I was very happy to get these, and uh, like I say, um, like I say, definitely a, a big shot of nostalgia for me. So that wraps up my, um, my I guess, my uh, podcast for this week. Um, again, apologies for not um, coming through with that ships um, of the uh, Last Jedi show. I will, uh, I'll be back with that once I uh, touch base with some of the other members and, and get something uh, hammered out, and then I'll reach out to Rico and, and get that uh, get that into the uh, schedule um, as well too. Um, just to just update again regarding those. Uh, uh, Battle of the Planet uh, diecast models I was talking about. Um, I'll take some pictures of them and post them on my uh, Instagram uh, page, which is um, Instagram, and um, you can find me at Jedi Jeff EDM. So Jedi Jeff EDM as in mother, and uh, that's uh, that's my uh, Instagram page. So if you're interested in uh, checking those out, that's where they'll be. So again, I'd like to uh, thank Rico for. Uh, you know, giving me a chance to uh, guest host, and I uh, hope everyone is enjoying and having a good uh, 2018. And uh, bye for now.